You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. Literally translates enough. 
Jesus is enough. There ain't nothing you brought in here today that we cannot feel and you can feel what you're like. So before I talk about wounds, you need to know that Jesus is enough. Two, your history will hurt you until you know from it. Your history will lose it will hurt you until you know from it. It will haunt you, it will handicap you, it will hold you back. I'm a liberation, so I can come up with eight words all day, but you get the point. Your history will hurt you, and it will, you will pass it down. It will hurt your kids. It will hurt your grandkids. It will hurt the kids that don't even know you one day, and it came from you, and they don't even know it came from you. They just think it's them. Your history will hurt you until you heal from it. And this runs deep, and it runs deep in the Bible, because the most beautiful part of the Bible are the parts we try to explain away. It's the message stuff. It's the stuff that's human because we are human and God is not part of your humanity. And if you're afraid of it, you won't go from it. Can you lift your hands or do therapy for me right now? Lord, I, I've been believing and praying as I've studied this message. God, don't just, I don't want to just teach the word. I want you to speak a random word. That's what it says in the scripture. I want you to teach the word. You, you made my craziness, you made everything you can use it for. Do therapy, penetrate pain, hearts. Let not just your presence be big in this place, but let your perspective be big in this place. Because you want to kill whatever we are in here, no matter how heavy it is, you want to unpack some things so that we're not carrying them as men. And even say the moms and women and all of us, Lord. Do therapy, say that guy and say, speak. Speak, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell somebody as you see it, say, stop getting thick in here.
And he goes out and tells his brothers, his brothers, Shem and Jacob, uh, what they do is they're humble. They don't want to, uh, they, they're not like us church people. They want they to dignify their daddy. And so they backed into the tent while they were not looking at him and disgracing him. And they covered him without looking at him because they wanted to honor their daddy. They wanted to honor people. And I'm telling you, we live in a society, even in church culture, we write scriptures and talk about politics and issues with facts about we don't honor people. And it's not honorable to God, but either way, that's crazy. That's not what I'm preaching about. Um, Noah lands up, gets himself together. Who knows how long that sooner took to recover from? He gets up, he finds out what happened, he gets pissed about it. A little bit too pissed for the context of the story that we read. He curses him. Not just curses his son, him, he curses his own grandson, but him, him. Curses. When we say curse now, I need to teach, I teach, I want to teach you what the Bible is and how do we don't change, but I have to give you the things that have changed. When he cursed his son and grandson because he was so angry about it, this is not a curse. It's bad enough when you talk to your kids and you say stuff like, you may be sick, you act just like your mom and dad. That's bad enough. This is what works. A curse. When you first your children or your family, you were basically excommunicating them. He was being outed. It was a shadow that was cast on him and his lineage. It was everybody. It's almost like if you couldn't even get hired because of a curse being in your community. And you, you had no reputation. Nobody would hire you or roll the dice on you. It was that type of, when you first it went down from generations, this man was out. He was out of the inheritance. This, it got, it's one of those like Christmas family reunions. You got to get everybody got some messed up families in this place. I know that I'm talking to you, but it's good. I don't mean that. I mean that. No, no. So, uh, so basically, uh, it's one of those Christmas things where it gets out of hand and you don't even know what happened. I wonder what happened. You're like, first, look at this crazy joke. Six things all in love. The cops are all green. Talk to each other in 10 years. I don't even know what my sister is. It was that type of mess. What even happened? What, what did it go wrong? I don't even know what got so tired.
and I've seen how hard you try to prove yourself. I've seen ladies that you don't get the nurture from your daddy, you got a daddy that's there, but he's not really giving you what he needs. And there's this deficit that you have. And what happens is if we don't get the love of a father or get enough of the love of a father, we go and we try to earn it. If we don't just try to earn it for him, we try to earn it. It's a pattern in our business that over it overarches our entire life. We try to earn it in our business, in sports, with our with our husband and wives. We try to earn it because we were so hungry and we didn't get it. We didn't get enough of it. And we try to earn it and we try to live up to it. And several things happen. You either you either crash and burn and you're miserable and you end up paying everything to everybody or you overachieve. And you get to the top of that mountain, but it's still, you're still starving, you're still hungry, because it's not going to go because you're history, or you can be by the side and conquer it. You can give it all. And you can give the appearance of doing it all. Everybody tells you your daddy would be proud of you. And if you can not fix things to feel good, now I wish I had a son like you. It made me feel good. But your history will hurt you until you go around. It will hurt you and it will hurt everything you do and the people you love. Generations later, Simon conquers the son's mention, conquers the father's mention, but that's not the end of it. And see, and they don't feel Israel doesn't feel Simon doesn't feel and King Solomon married. I don't a woman who took him from his side and died, and he started for a season to die of pasture. It's in the Bible. A wounded man, that's why he's a king married twins. That's why he's a king married twins, because I will tell you this hurting people don't just hurt people, hurting people marry and hurting people. When you don't heal from your wounds, you will, some way, you may not even become one, but you will somehow, they catch up with you every time. You can become the opposite of what your dad did wrong or whatever happened to you, and I'm going to tell you, you will, it will catch up to you. And Danny uh, doesn't just recognize Danny, Danny gravitates towards Danny. It is a supernatural, spiritual, but very real thing. You can, you're like, some of you right now, you got some of you back in relationships and you got bad marriages, and you're like, why in the world? And why am I attracted to bad men and bad women? And why do I always get one? And I think it's going to be perfect. And it ends up the same few types of disappointment. And they, they seem so perfect. It's because your history will hurt you until you go from it. And Solomon married a Sidonian woman. Solomon. Was a womanizer. He had womanizing issues. It's it's not so serious, but pretty predictable. Solomon's daddy, King David, had womanizing issues. Solomon, uh, parents, King David, back Sheba got together and hooked up and had a scandalous affair that got people killed. Solomon. Continue the wounds of his daddy, the wounds of poverty. And I don't know what's happened to you, and I don't know what's left. It runs deep. I got some people online. I know somebody's checking out of your bathroom because I got plenty of calls this last couple weeks that recently you say you're not showing up on Father's Day just because it's so heavy. I want you to hope you're not been praying that you would show up online because your history will hurt you if you're afraid of it and don't go for it. That's a matter of wounds, but like Jesus is enough. And Solomon, he never did get back to his women. Look, the man got to the top. The man got to the top. I don't care how high you climb and how far you get, it will never, ever, ever be. Solomon is one of the most successful men to ever walk the face of the earth. His entire empire, he built a bigger, better kingdom than his wife, David. His net worth in modern day money is estimated at about $2.5 trillion. He would be by far 
much wealthiest man on the face of the earth in 2023. He was the wisest man in the Bible. He just stopped applying it towards the end of his life, and he lost his life. And he lost himself in his success. And, and Israel paid prices, a fair price for it because he was the king. When you're leading something, whether it's your family or the business, no matter what it is, it will fall apart because your history will hurt you and hurt the people around you until you don't come back. It doesn't matter how high you are, it will never be enough. It will never, ever, ever be enough until Jesus is enough. I love the Bible. Uh, we have Song of Solomon. You don't know much about it, and your Bible is a nice Song of Songs. It's a Bible about sex. It's awesome. If your kids are in here, we did that at the beginning because they forgot to tell you I'm not a PG preacher, so if you want explanations, give them explanations every week, which you probably aren't going to give them. But we're saying here because I do this every week, and the Bible doesn't want to. Song of Solomon. It is a book very much about sex. Matter of fact, it's about intimacy with the way that Solomon is talking about the love of his life and his life. I love it because we read, the great thing is we read a lot of lyrics over the years of it. You can see where Herschel Solomon is in it. They write lyrics from Solomon Solomon about worship. And that's all good. I appreciate the sentiment that Solomon never got said. That's a sentiment that's not said. It's very intimate. Matter of fact, I had it at my whole church. I had it. I had it. And straight from the top of the top, and I got told, you can't do that. You can't preach what's in the Bible? Well, I didn't say that because I couldn't. I didn't want to believe Yeah, I mean, I can, I'm not responsible when I get in trouble and I do what I want to do. I'm not calling you until I can't. So I'm a Solomon is a business and he's talking about me. I mean, you know, look at how he says it also. He talks about confidence and when he talks about waters, he's talking about living waters. It is an attempt. It is intense. It is intense. And this man is talking about intimacy with the love of his life. I'm getting somewhere. I'm just saying that to say, I don't rebel to screw with that. I'm rebelling to himself. Exactly. It is so intense that he is talking about someone he loves. It's, it's not a nice person. In your life, you're probably thinking to yourself, how in the world does a man that is so struggle with womanizing, write a book so beautiful about a woman he loves so deeply and intimacy? He talks when he gets up. It's free. I can go by and do it when they get older. I'm talking about it's awesome. His book was written about his first life, the love of his life. Before he lost himself, trying to find it. And she wasn't enough because nothing will ever be enough until Jesus is enough. That's why Solomon would eventually have a thousand lives in concubines.
dreams, man. I can tell you, I've talked about it now and That was a time that my dreams as a pastor were just as much a drug as the opioid addiction that parents were chained up and you kids were chained up. It's just an addiction. It's something that we are addicted to, that we are trying to find work in. And that Paul said there, God is their appetite. Their ego, your pride, the reason you're pretending, trying to be something you're not, trying to hold everything together because the culture and the church tells men, we all don't just bring the world and the culture, the church feeds into it, just like we tell people. Jesus loves you unconditionally, and we bring secretaries on the kitchen. Their God is our appetite. And what happens is, guys, you put so much pressure and unrealistic and possible expectations on yourself. And you've got pictures in your wife and your kids. And like, well, you're the present. Why aren't you present? But you can't be present when you feel the pressure to provide the moment, make the moment perfect. Don't make up and work 70 years of overtime to make it consistent. Because you divide them in this baseball bat and to do it their way. We carry this pressure, and we gotta be everything. We preach that you gotta lead your family better, and we we misinterpret Ephesians five. You gotta be the Jesus of your family. No, you gotta be the person that seeks Jesus in your family. You that is impossible. And we carry this pressure, and I gotta do it this way, and I gotta have a bank account this big, and I gotta do this for my kids, and we overcompensate and overcompensate and overcompensate because our God has not become Him. Or how has become God? What we use as our filter has become God. And it's why 93% of men in prison are bad. 75 to 80% of suicides are male. Males live an average of about, give or take, wherever you live, about six years, but that's on the average of females. He's got a lot more widows than my friends. Cancer, you know, more from cancer because stress pieces. Domestic violence, look, y'all probably heard me on that. There are some things that I appreciate about the progressive movement. There are some things and some social issues that I am mean, progressive. I believe we misinterpreted the Bible, at least in the very least in the Bible, true people who don't see it like us. The progressivism has existed on domestic violence. And having this guy listening and talking about the problems, because domestic violence is not because men are bad and can be punished. We talk about problems all day. There's no doubt about it. You look at domestic violence, you can look at the anger and, the, and, and how prone we are to just snap it because men, under pressure, snap. Not because we're afraid of being a father, but because we don't feel worthy of being a 
or against the reward to until you go home. So you think like, you think your dad's broken, your dad, my dad's broken, 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 my dad's broken. I want to give you a perspective that is helping heal and appreciate my dad. I don't have time to talk about a story, but I do that all the time. If you come back and forgive me, I'll probably do it when it fits the next message. Let me give you a perspective that killed me. And honestly, I appreciate my dad more than ever before. My dad was not a bad man. He was a broken man. Your dad is not a bad man. He is not a monster. He is a broken man. And when we are broken, we are capable of a lot of really broken stuff that makes us, makes us seem like monsters. But really, we just believe lies and will and we can live the truth because Jesus is the truth. Your daddy cannot, could not give you what he did not have. Listen to me. You're mad if I hear my daddy's. My daddy's not here. I don't have a daddy. I don't have a daddy. I don't have a daddy to teach you. Your daddy couldn't teach you what he didn't have. He can't show you what hasn't been shown to him. I be my, when I'm not that guy and everything, I just had that. And I preached his funeral and I just went. He told me he loved me. He told me, why did he choose me? Why did he choose this boy? He told me he loved me over and over. And one day as I read the scripture, when I read John, because the word speaks in the genetic, and John says, We love because he first loved us. And I realized my daddy loved me with all his heart. He could not give what he did not possess for himself. He could only give me, he did love me with everything he had, and he didn't have much. I got some easy problems in the place because your daddy thinks it has made you feel like you are enough. But everything you do, the mistakes I make as a father when I overcome myself. The mistakes I make are not when I overcompensate when I'm wrong. It's not the only thing. They may feel like it's on me. It's on me. Why are you here for it? Not yours. And it changed my life. When I realized I don't have to be mad at him, God wants to give me so much more. He wants to give me so much more. King Saul and Jonathan weren't bad men. War is all they did. The what you're in your life and the trouble you're in, fathers and daddies and men and young people that you feel crippled with anxiety and pressure. Listen to me. God wants to fill you with so much more than your daddy, your granddaddy, whatever. When the Bible says the sins of the father go down to the third and fourth generation, it's because we continue to perpetuate the lies and wounds and it can stop with you. And God wants to fill you so that when you pass it down, you'll pass down in security and anxiety. You start to Testimony and the testimony is Jesus is enough, and it will be the way that the same way the wounds begin to build, they'll begin to die, and bless it will get there. The wounds of a father can heal, they can heal, and God will show us more for you. Tell your neighbor, say, God wants more for you. God wants more for you. He wants us more for you. By Jesus' name, these wounds.
was talking about this church. Not Jesus. That's what he's talking about. And Jeremiah, the prophet that spoke for God, we get to see the wounds that were coming back where God was going to get back. But Ezekiel was real extra. He never missed a shot. That's why I thought that this book is so dang long. He never missed a shot. I'm going to let you know who would be a preaching in those meetings at any church. He probably thought he was extra looking out there. They will go down time and will go down in the trains, naked, on seven ties with those killed on the tour. One translation said, it's crazy. He was, he was like extra. These jokers were so wounded because the wound that happened only came back to Noah. And it just built and built and built and built and gave your life addiction and bitterness and poverty. All these things keep building, and you're carrying shame from things that started long before you, and you thought it was about you, and your parents were hurting you, and about you. Jesus is enough, and by Jesus' day, Sodom was still around two to three thousand years after that life. They were still around. And your wounds are still around, too. My wounds and insecurities are still around, too. But the short history will hurt you until you build from and when Jesus comes along, this is two to three thousand years after Noah. Jesus went about the except for the They didn't go to houses, they didn't go to house, they didn't go to town, nothing. It was so deep, two to three thousand years later, these wounds that originated from their ancestors. Thank you. 
and check a box sermon and talking about issues like all these issues. I'm not going to I'm not going to make issues. I did that too much. I'm going to focus on that. Jesus wasn't afraid of something. He wanted to go in and everybody made one of the next things. So he's loved him so deep inside. I would just chase him down and he killed him. And that Jesus only people rejected him. The religious people rejected him. The people that he loved and rejected him. They're the ones that killed him outside of his own way. And Jesus says this, but look at Jesus says it will be better for judgment day for the side than for the love of other religious people, his people that rejected him. He said, you better all precise because desperate people who don't die, they talked him out. They had been hated by his people for two to three thousand years. And he showed up at their doorstep and loved them and killed them. And they saw him after him because Jesus is enough that he will heal the people of God. Jesus said it would be better than all. They won't be the ones to find grace and mercy in my love and the life of the church. They have to try to act like it. Talk about everybody else that you choose and the other political party and the people that are attracted to other types of people than you. And your opinions and perspectives and your way. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you lose your way and you see it. Here's Jesus' way. He wins us all. He is here. It's no wonder, it's no, it's no coincidence 
Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at imcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you, we care about you, and we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.